part three chapter five section one of weird tales by e t a hoffman translated by j t bealby this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three signor formica chapter five of the new mishap which befalls signor pasquale capuzzi antonio scacciati successfully carries out his plan in niccolo musso's theatre and flees to florence section one signor pasquale was only too well aware who had been at the bottom of the mischief that had happened to him and the poor pyramid doctor near the porta del popolo and so it may be imagined how enraged he was against antonio and against salvator rosa whom he rightly judged to be the ringleader in it all he was untiring in his efforts to comfort poor mariana who was quite ill from fear so she said but in reality she was mortified that the scoundrel michel with his gendarmes had come up and torn her from her antonio's arms meanwhile margaret was very active in bringing her tidings of her lover and she based all her hopes upon the enterprising mind of salvator with impatience she waited from day to day for something fresh to happen and by a thousand petty tormenting ways let the old gentleman feel the effects of this impatience but though she thus tamed his amorous folly and made him humble enough she failed to reach the evil spirit of love that haunted his heart after she had made him experience to the full all the tricksy humours of the most wayward girl and then suffered him just once to press his withered lips upon her tiny hand he would swear in his excessive delight that he would never cease fervently kissing the pope's toe until he had obtained dispensation to wed his niece the paragon of beauty and amiability mariana was particularly careful not to interrupt him in these outbreaks of passion for by encouraging these gleams of hope in the old man's breast she fanned the flame of hope in her own for the more he could be lulled into the belief that he held her fast in the indissoluble chains of love the more easy it would be for her to escape him some time passed when one day at noon michel came stamping upstairs and after he had had to knock a good many times to induce signor pasquale to open the door announced with considerable prolixity that there was a gentleman below who urgently requested to see signor pasquale capuzzi who he knew lived there by all the blessed saints of heaven cried the old gentleman exasperated doesn't the knave know that on no account do i receive strangers in my own house but the gentleman was of very respectable appearance reported michel rather oldish talked well and called himself niccolo musso niccolo musso murmured capuzzi reflectively niccolo musso who owns the theatre beyond the porta del popolo what can he want with me whereupon carefully locking and bolting the door he went downstairs with michel in order to converse with niccolo in the street before the house my dear signor pasquale began niccolo approaching to meet him and bowing with polished ease that you deign to honour me with your acquaintance affords me great pleasure you lay me under a very great obligation 
since the romans saw you in my theatre you a man of the most approved taste of the soundest knowledge and a master in art not only has my fame increased but my receipts have doubled i am therefore all the more deeply pained to learn that certain wicked wanton boys made a murderous attack upon you and your friends as you were returning from my theatre at night but i pray you signor pasquale by all the saints don't cherish any grudge against me or my theatre on account of this outrage which shall be severely punished don't deprive me of the honour of your company at my performances my dear signor nicolo replied the old man simpering be assured that i never enjoyed myself more than i did when i visited your theatre your formica and your ali why they are actors who cannot be matched anywhere but the fright almost killed my friend signor splendiano caramboni nay it almost proved the death of me no it was too great and though it has not made me averse from your theatre it certainly has from the road there if you will put up your theatre in the piazza del popolo or in the via babuina or in the via repetta i certainly will not fail to visit you a single evening but there's no power on earth shall ever get me outside the porta del popolo at night-time again nicolo sighed deeply as if greatly troubled that is very hard upon me said he then harder perhaps than you will believe signor pasquale for unfortunately i had based all my hopes upon you i came to solicit your assistance my assistance asked the old gentleman in astonishment my assistance signor nicolo in what way could it profit you my dear signor pasquale replied nicolo drawing his handkerchief across his eyes as if brushing away the trickling tears my most excellent signor pasquale you will remember that my actors are in the habit of interspersing songs through their performances this practice i was thinking of extending imperceptibly more and more than to get together an orchestra and in a word at last eluding all prohibitions to the contrary to establish an opera-house you signor capuzzi are the first composer in all italy and we can attribute it to nothing but the inconceivable frivolity of the romans and the malicious envy of your rivals that we hear anything else but your pieces exclusively at all the theatres signor pasquale i came to request you on my bended knees to allow me to put your immortal works as far as circumstances will admit on my humble stage my dear signor nicolo said the old gentleman his face all sunshine what are we about to be talking here in the public street pray deign to have the goodness to climb up one or two rather steep flights of stairs come along with me up to my poor dwelling almost before nicolo got into the room the old gentleman brought forward a great pile of dusty music manuscript opened it and taking his guitar in his hands began to deliver himself of a series of frightful high-pitched screams which he denominated singing nicolo behaved like one in raptures he sighed he uttered extravagant expressions of approval he exclaimed at intervals bravo bravissimo benedittissimo capuzzi until at last he threw himself at the old man's feet as if utterly beside himself with ecstatic delight and grasped his knees but he nipped them so hard that the old gentleman jumped off his seat calling out with pain and saying to nicolo by all the saints 
let me go signor nicolo you'll kill me nay replied nicolo nay signor pasquale i will not rise until you have promised that formica may sing in my theatre the day after to-morrow the divine arias which you have just executed you are a man of taste groaned pasquale a man of deep insight to whom could i better entrust my compositions than to you you shall take all my arias with you only let me go but good god i shall not hear them my divine masterpieces oh let me go signor nicolo no cried nicolo still on his knees and tightly pressing the old gentleman's thin spindle shanks together no signor pasquale i will not let you go until you give me your word that you will be present in my theatre the night after to-morrow you need not fear any new attack why don't you think that the romans once they have heard your work will bring you home in triumph by the light of hundreds of torches but in case that does not happen i myself and my faithful comrades will take our arms and accompany you home ourselves you yourself will accompany me home with your comrades asked pasquale and how many may that be eight or ten persons will be at your command signor pasquale do yield to my intercession and resolve to come formica has a fine voice lisped pasquale how finely he will execute my arias do come oh do come exhorted nicolo again giving the old gentleman's knees an extra grip you will pledge yourself that i shall reach my own house without being molested asked the old gentleman i pledge my honour and my life with nicolo's reply as he gave the knees a still sharper grip agreed cried the old gentleman i will be in your theatre the day after to-morrow then nicolo leapt to his feet and pressed pasquale in so close an embrace that he gasped and panted quite out of breath at this moment marianna entered the room signor pasquale tried to frighten her away again by the look of resentment which he hurled at her she however took not the slightest notice of it but going straight up to musso addressed him as if in anger it is in vain for you signor nicolo to attempt to entice my dear uncle to go to your theatre you are forgetting that the infamous trick lately played by some reprobate seducers who were lying in wait for me almost cost the life of my dearly beloved uncle and of his worthy friend splendiano nay that it almost cost my life too never will i give my consent to my uncle's again exposing himself to such danger desist from your entreaties nicolo and you my dearest uncle you will stay quietly at home will you not and not venture out beyond the porta del popolo again at night-time which is a friend to nobody signor pasquale was thunderstruck he opened his eyes wide and stared at his niece then he rewarded her with the sweetest endearments and set forth at considerable length how that signor nicolo had pledged himself so to arrange matters as to avoid every danger on the return home none the less said marianna i stick to my word and beg you most earnestly my dearest uncle not to go to the theatre outside the porta del popolo i ask your pardon signor nicolo for speaking out frankly in your presence the dark suspicion that lurks in my mind you are i know acquainted with salvator rosa and also with antonio scacciati 
what if you are acting in concert with our enemies what if you are only trying with evil intent to entice my dear uncle into your theatre in order that they may the more safely carry out some fresh villainous scheme for i know that my uncle will not go without me what a suspicion cried nicolo quite alarmed what a terrible suspicion signora have you such a bad opinion of me have i such an ill reputation that you conceive i could be guilty of this the basest treachery but if you think so unfavourably of me if you mistrust the assistance i have promised you why then let michel who i know rescued you out of the hands of the robbers let michel accompany you and let him take a large body of gendarmes with him who can wait for you outside the theatre for you cannot of course expect me to fill my auditorium with police mariana fixed her eyes steadily upon nicolo's and then said earnestly and gravely what do you say that michel and gendarmes shall accompany us now i see plainly signor nicolo that you mean honestly by us and that my nasty suspicion is unfounded pray forgive me my thoughtless words and yet i cannot banish my nervousness and anxiety about my dear uncle i must still beg him not to take this dangerous step signor pasquale had listened to all this conversation with such curious looks as plainly served to indicate the nature of the struggle that was going on within him but now he could no longer contain himself he threw himself on his knees before his beautiful niece seized her hands kissed them bathed them with the tears which ran down his cheeks exclaiming as if beside himself my adored my angelic mariana fierce and devouring are the flames of the passion which burns at my heart oh this nervousness this anxiety it is indeed the sweetest confession that you love me and then he besought her not to give way to fear but to go and listen in the theatre to the finest arias which the most divine of composers had ever written nicolo too abated not in his entreaties plainly showing his disappointment until mariana permitted her scruples to be overcome and she promised to lay all fear aside and accompany the best and dearest of uncles to the theatre outside the porta del popolo signor pasquale was in ecstasies was in the seventh heaven of delight he was convinced that mariana loved him and he now might hope to hear his music on the stage and win the laurel wreath which had so long been the vain object of his desires he was on the point of seeing his dearest dreams fulfilled now he would let his light shine in perfect glory before his true and faithful friends for he never thought for a moment but that signor splendiano and little piticinaccio would go with him as on the first occasion the night that signor splendiano had slept in his wig near the pyramid of cestius he had had besides the spectres who ran away with him all sorts of sinister apparitions to visit him the whole cemetery was alive and hundreds of corpses had stretched out their skeleton arms towards him moaning and wailing that even in their graves they could not get over the torture caused by his essences and electuaries accordingly the pyramid doctor although he could not contradict signor pasquale that it was only a wild freakish trick played upon him by a parcel of godless boys grew melancholy 
and albeit not ordinarily superstitiously inclined he yet now saw spectres everywhere and was tormented by forebodings and bad dreams as for Petichinaccio, he could not be convinced that they were not real devils come straight from the flames of hell who had fallen upon signor pasquale and upon himself and the bare mention of that dreadful night was enough to make him scream all the asseverations of signor pasquale that there had been nobody behind the masks but antonio scacciati and salvator rosa were of none effect for Pitichinaccio wept and swore that in spite of his terror and apprehension he had clearly recognised both the voice and the behaviour of the devil fanfarelli in the one who had pinched his belly black and blue it may therefore be imagined what an almost endless amount of trouble it cost signor pasquale to persuade the two to go with him once more to nicolo musso's theatre splendiano was the first to make the resolve to go after he had procured from a monk of st bernard's order a small consecrated bag of musk the perfume of which neither dead man nor devil could endure with this he intended to arm himself against all assaults Petichinaccio could not resist the temptation of a promised box of candied grapes but signor pasquale had besides expressly to give his consent that he might wear his new abbot's coat instead of his petticoats which he affirmed had proved an immediate source of attraction to the devil what salvator feared seemed therefore as if it would really take place and yet his plan depended entirely he continued to repeat upon signor pasquale's being in nicolo's theatre alone with mariana without his faithful satellites both antonio and salvator greatly racked their brains how they should prevent splendiano and petichinaccio from going along with signor pasquale every scheme that occurred to them for the accomplishment of this desideratum had to be given up owing to want of time for the principal plan in nicolo's theatre had to be carried out on the evening of the following day but providence which often employs the most unlikely instruments for the chastisement of fools interposed on behalf of the distressed lovers and put it into michel's head to practise some of his blundering thus accomplishing what salvator and antonio's craft was unable to accomplish that same night there was heard in the via ripetta before signor pasquale's house such a chorus of fearful screams and of cursing and raving and abuse that all the neighbours were startled up out of their sleep and a body of gendarmes who had been pursuing a murderer as far as the spanish square hastened up with torches supposing that some fresh deed of violence was being committed but when they and a crowd of other people whom the noise had attracted came upon the anticipated scene of murder they found poor little petichinaccio lying as if dead on the ground whilst michel was thrashing the pyramid doctor with a formidable bludgeon and they saw the doctor reel to the floor just at the moment when signor pasquale painfully scrambled to his feet drew his rapier and furiously attacked michel round about were lying pieces of broken guitars had not several people grasped the old man's arm he would assuredly have run michel right through the heart 
the ex-bravo on now becoming aware by the light of the torches whom he had been molesting stood as if petrified his eyes almost starting out of his head a painted desperado on the balance between will and power as it is said somewhere then uttering a fearful scream he tore his hair and begged for pardon and mercy neither the pyramid doctor nor pitichinaccio was seriously injured but they had been so soundly cudgelled that they could neither move nor stir and had to be carried home signor pasquale had himself brought this mishap upon his own shoulders End of part three, Signor Formica, chapter five, section one. Recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.